Hello, everybody. My name is John Bailey. I'm with SCMA, and today I have the privilege of interviewing Buddy Boyson, our host of SCMA's Operator Podcast Series. He's got to put uh, put me on the spot. Now I'm going to put him on the spot, but it's, it's all it's all good. Um, how's it going, Buddy? Can you say hi to everyone? Hey, hey, guys. Like John said, I'm I'm doing good today, and my name's Buddy Boyson, and I'm the co-host of this show with John Bailey. So, go go ahead, John. Okay, my first question is, what motivated you to go into engineering? Yeah, so when I was a kid growing up, my dad was a chemical engineer. And um, I ended up spending a lot of time with him as a young man. He had a he had a business and he had a shop and I, w- I would go out and I would, you know, when I was 13 or 14, spend all of my time out in his shop building his ideas for him. I absolutely loved it. I loved all of his friends that would come around and the smart stuff that they knew and uh that was what motivated me to to follow in his footsteps. That's neat. So, did, how did you get into water specifically? Was that from the chemistry? Yeah. So, my dad did research work, and a lot of the focus of his research was on environmental works. And he had some ideas. You know, one of them they they patented a process to recycle tires so that they could make a uh, solvent for extracting oil out of tar sands. The, a lot of the technologies that they patented were really expensive, and he ended up looking at treating produced water as a way to, to generate money. Like, basically, you would develop a produced water disposal facility, build the facility up, and then sell it. And by doing that a couple of times, you could generate a lot of capital. Um, anyway, the business was successful with uh, oil and gas produced water treatment, and we ended up just working in it. Um, for as long as I worked for my dad all the way through college and even a little bit afterwards, I, I always ended up working with oil and gas produced water treatment. And then when my wife and I decided that we wanted to go live somewhere else that we wanted to try living uh, in another place, we ended up choosing Phoenix, Arizona, and they just didn't have any oil and gas there. And so those experiences that I'd had with produced water disposal really weren't relevant to what a chemical engineer was supposed to do in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was fortunate enough to find a job in municipal water and wastewater treatment. Wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So how long have you been working with membranes? Um, my first job in Arizona in 2004 uh, it ended up taking me to another com- company that did membranes, and I've been working with membranes since around 2006. Wow. So uh, I know we've talked a lot, buddy. You know, we've been friends for a while now. And, and, and you've talked before about how uh, you like talking to operators because they're real. How, how do you how so? Yeah, when I uh, when I started working for my dad, you know, he had these disposal facilities. My dad was an engineer. We had engineers that, that were working on managing the design, selling new systems, um, adding found my home was out at the plants doing doing operations and um you know for me as a as a young engineer as someone just starting out in their career i realized and then you know art had said this on the show that we just did with him 
that uh, that there's a big difference between the things that you plan on paper and the things that need to be done when you've got an actual piece of equipment running in front of you. And, you know, that equipment, it doesn't always run well. It isn't always being run the way that it's supposed to. And a lot of times you have to think really quickly on your feet to make these real systems work. And so um, at an at a early age, I really developed a love for running the equipment i developed a love for you know doing stuff like like wiring up pump motors and going out and tearing pumps apart and actually you know getting into the equipment to see what it does and i just uh, i think you get a lot better opportunity to see those kinds of real things when you're in the plant yeah it's kind of like you, you see the the concept become reality and it's the, i imagine that's rewarding you know just the actual outcome of of your design yeah and in a lot of ways you, you know you you really start to understand some of the limitations when you when you're doing engineering calculations you can see a lot of stuff that seems like it would work or seems like it's a good idea but when you're out in the plant and things are really running you you have to you have to make it work and you have to figure out how to how to make something that really works and uh, for me, I just, I think there's a lot of creativity. There's really a lot of the art in what we do just in figuring out how to keep the systems running. Yeah. I know from an operator, uh, from an operations point of view, I'm, I'm glad somebody knows how to do the math. That's for sure. But I know that's the famous last word is, you know, we did the math and then you, you know, you put it in practice. And it's like sometimes, you know, like certain chemical feed pump curves, you know, they might not be, that accurate because of you know different factors and uh so yeah it's, it, i've always thought that was fun you know get to see you know how but engineers always get as real close to the to the mark and and then i think operators you know come in and just kind of fine tune and make those little adjustments that, that make it you know make the design really work well so together it, it, it's a good it's a good uh, combination you know, to create uh, effective treatment systems. But anyways, I, I, I have a lot of admiration for engineers and everything. And, and it takes both of us, I feel, to, to really make it happen well. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree. And I guess the only thing that I would add on top of that is that it seems like, you know, when, when you're building a plant, you have contractors that are dealing with failed conditions. You have equipment that you're, you're bringing in that's been built, you know, in a fab shop or in a plant. And when you get all that stuff together, it's just, it's really hard at a design level to envision, you know, all the little things that might change along the way. And so, you know, so sometimes the two just end up being kind of far, far apart. And the more that you get to see, you know, how, how those changes are going to affect a, a real live plant, the, the better the plants become. And I think, you know, you've said it before, most, and I guess maybe rephrasing what you've said, most people get up every day and they're really trying to do their best. There aren't a whole lot of people that get up every day and say, you know, I'm really going to screw this up today on purpose. Yeah. And so when, when you look at it that way, you know, there's, there's really just so much that you can learn as an engineer from the people who are running the plants. Yeah, that's, that's great. So, yeah, we're, we're both uh, members of uh, South Central Membrane Association. I, I, I kind of joined, uh, I, believe, I guess it was a couple, three years ago, and uh, I remember meeting you and stuff, and, and I knew as soon as I said I was a qualified instructor that I was 
uh, <laughs> I was I was destined to be with SCMA, but it's been a pleasure, and uh, you know, I really appreciate you uh, encouraging me to be involved. Uh, how long have you been involved with SCMA? Yeah, so when I came back to municipal water treatment in Texas, uh, it was around 2014 timeframe. I put my name in the hat to to be involved with SCMA, and I ended up fortunately getting voted in to be part of the board and uh, i've been i've been part of the board ever since so around 2014 yeah great yeah i know you've uh, done a lot you know to help sdma in programs and then in everything well for for me schema just holds a special spot in my heart because that was really the place where i got my start those guys you know like robbie isabel or al richard or judy adams or art ruiz those those were the people that really picked me up and said hey you've got a home in texas you know you can you yeah. can come and do this work with us come be one of us and for me schema just it holds a really special place in my heart well, that's great. Um, I know one of the things that I, I find uh, real interesting about you is, you, you you know, I know you were a competitive swimmer in college. And can you tell us about the time you swam with uh, Michael Phelps? And uh, anyways, I, I'm just curious why you why you did you let him win? You know? <laughs> I'm glad, we're all glad you did. You know, we're glad you let him win, you know, because then we had an Olympian and, you know, now we have a a chemical engineer. So yeah, it worked out good for everybody, I think. But why'd you let him win? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would put it that way. I, uh, as, a, as a kid growing up, I was a swimmer and I was fortunate enough to be able to go to college to swim. And at the end of my swimming career, I swam in the Olympic trials. And the, the year was 2000. And there was a kid who also swam butterfly named Mike Phelps. And that dude was amazing. And I, I don't know about letting him win. I, I know at that point, as we watched him swim, you know, especially in the finals of the 200 butterfly from the deck, that it was just apparent that the kid was going to be amazing. And for me, I, I don't think there was anything that a guy like me who wasn't really that great of a swimmer could have done to let somebody that was that amazing win. But it certainly swimming at Olympic trials was amazing experience. And, you know, getting to see Mike Phelps really launch his swimming career was a big deal to me. Yeah, well, that, that's quite an accomplishment to even be on the, the stand at the same time as somebody like that. So, yeah, that, 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 that's just always been real fun to think about. You know, I can just picture you there, you know, and uh, – Anyways, I like to think you let the kid win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in no way do I want to be fostering that idea. I was a competitive <laughs> swimmer, and for me, being a kid from Wyoming, making it to Olympic trials was the pinnacle of my career. And for, for guys like Mike Phelps, you know, Ryan Lochte, I think that was a summer. Neil Walker and Lenny Kraselberg were amazing. It just uh, yeah. it was cool just to be in the same pool with those guys. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. Well, I, w I wanted to say thanks, uh, buddy, for initiating this whole podcast idea and everything. You've really, you know, taken the ball and ran with it. And I've, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, working with you on it. And uh, so I know that, you know, a lot of this came about with, you know, the COVID uh, deal kind of limiting, you know, contact and everything. So we have to find other ways to really communicate and stuff. Yeah. 
Pardon me, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, you know, looking at uh, COVID, it certainly was the catalyst for doing some of these things. You know, Schema wants to find ways to reach its membership and and sharing stories of people who are doing the work or helping people connect with each other is a big part of that. For me, the COVID was only just a catalyst, though, because the idea of sitting down with all of our friends and interviewing them and just, you know, getting people, get, getting access to those people shared with the rest of the people who may be starting out or may have been doing this for a long time, but just never really knew anybody else that was doing stuff like them is cool and i you know i'm i'm really excited about this project that we're getting ready to take on john yeah yeah me too buddy and and i look forward to getting into more uh details you know these have been introductory uh episodes initially and then you know the plan is to get into uh more meat and potatoes of of operations and engineering and everything and then we 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 hope to bring in like some vendors you know some of the manufacturers and and vendors in our industry and other engineers and and uh and, and others you know just we we want we want to have a variety of of uh discussions with different people that because we have such a broad uh, industry so we really want to look at it in a holistic way of you know how we all work together to to make it all happen and you know like i've always said is we all need each other we all have the same purpose and goal in mind how, how do you view the future of operator buddy can with all things considered well you know right now uh through, through my involvement in AMTA and schema we're seeing a whole lot more web-based trainings and I think that those are excellent, but I also think that they don't really fill the same space that getting together and meeting with people does. And so for me, you know, on the schema front, we're, we're trying to bring these new technologies online to be able to reach the crowds, you know, through webinars, through through pretty frequent videos that we're starting to work on through this podcast series. But we're also working on improving the range of information that we're able to provide to the operators. Like with the mock schools, you know, we're looking at bringing on the mock four classes, which, which are going to talk about MBR. And I think, you know, for us here in Texas, MBR is still a pretty new thing. We've got a couple of big MBRs that are being built, you, you know, one in the Houston area, I think it's Pearland, and the other one up in up in the Dallas area with North Texas at Rowlett Creek. And, you, you know, as we start integrating wastewater with our people, as we start looking at building stuff on, like Art was talking about during the last show to kind of reach, you know, new, new groups of people like the, the maintenance staff, um, I'm I'm really excited to see those trainings continue, and I think you know from Schema's perspective, getting access to a little bit more of the hands-on stuff. I know for a long time Robbie Isbell was the guy who was always you know building little test skids for people to bring. We've got to find guys like Robbie that are going to come in and you know bring us hands-on equipment that that the operators can touch during our training. And you know for me, I also think just that general that 
that general meeting that we do every year, our annual meeting, it really has a whole lot of training that's built in there. And I think, you know, one of the greatest things that I really like to promote is the operator session. Guys like me as an engineer aren't allowed to enter the room so that the operators can talk with each other and just kind of talk about some of the challenges that they're dealing with without having to worry about what some of the professionals are going to think about what they're saying. And, you know, I, I really think those trainings need to continue even as we're building these new tools. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I, I hope, you know, that I hope we get back to where, yeah, it's classroom training and everything. Well, I know one of the things that I've heard is from one of my operators that, you know, I was going to send to virtual classes, man, I really like having the book and and having the face to face because it really helps to learn better. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that, you know, hopefully the sooner the better, of course. But in the meantime, the, these are good avenues to uh, to communicate. And anyways, we'll, we'll see how everything goes. But uh, that, that's one of the things I, I, I appreciate about the people involved with SAMA is that uh, I know my motivation is to give back. You know, it's like somebody has to do it. You know, we've been blessed with a good industry and we've learned a lot and you know you just want to give it back and and that's the motivation you know it's you know that's why we volunteer to to do this because it's 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 necessary somebody's got to do it so uh i'm I'm glad that you've uh stepped up and 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 worked in this for so long and uh i just is there anything else you'd like to uh, say buddy you know, I just uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time to interview me. I know that as you and I go out and we interview all these people, other other sides of us or other pieces of our personalities are going to come forth and people are really going to get to know us. But I think this uh, this initial interview has been great. It just was nice to have a chance to speak. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh Anyways, I tr- hope I didn't put you on the spot too badly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was awesome. This was a great show, John. I, I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. This will conclude this episode, and we look forward to having another future soon with another person. We're not sure who our, who our speakers are yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll have them. We'll, we'll put some of the other folks on the spot and share all we can. And uh, thank you, buddy. Thank you, everybody. Have a nice day.